We are back with the Falcons Audible presented by AT&T. We are, just as we are recording this podcast, about 48 hours before the Falcons kick off for their second preseason game at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm Derek Rackley. This is Dave Archer and DJ Shockley joining you once again to talk about all things Falcons. Here's a quick little um, rundown as far as what we're going to talk about. What stood out? We will talk about Miami. I know we're a few days past that and we're already ready for the next game, but we will talk a little bit about what happened in Miami. We'll talk about this evolving defense. We'll think about what to expect from the Falcons as they go up against Cincinnati in the second preseason game. And then maybe if we have some time, some memories of our first home matchup, whether that's preseason or regular season to cap us off. So let's get it started. Um, Dave, we were talking a little bit about some of the uh, travel issues. Let's not go into that <laughs> part. That'd be good. Um, I don't want to relive that. Yeah, let's, let's not, not bring relive the anger any Dave of that. Out. Let's not um, do that. But let's talk a little bit about the Miami matchup because we, we talked about the joint practices going into the game, but then we finally got a chance to see this team on the field playing what they would call real football. Well, or at least kind of real football, real preseason football. What were some of the things that stuck out to you in the matchup that you liked in that game? Well, I think personality-wise, Atlanta wants to be physical and get after you uh, both on both sides of the line of scrimmage. Um, and albeit you weren't seeing your the 22 that are going to line up maybe the first play of that game against Carolina, it transcends all the way down through whatever level because that's the way Atlanta played. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the two open practices or two practices they had with Miami, they mauled the Dolphins on both sides of the ball. Uh, that was indicated to me by watching some tape down there, also talking to some of the, some of the guys, some of the coaches. They uh, mauled them down there. Um, physicality is yep. what you're looking for. Yep. So then some of the things that, that Ryan Nielsen had talked about defensively, we need to be aggressive, five sacks. We need to take the ball away, four takeaways. And these are the guys that are your backup guys that mm-hmm. are doing that. So you can imagine how it translates to those guys that are actually going to be on the field. I think that kind of paints a picture of the culture he was looking for on the defensive side of the ball as we make some of those adjustments defensively. And, hey, the Falcons can come off and run the football. Yeah. You know, and they were able to do that too. So that gives you an idea of what we potentially could see on Friday night against Cincinnati. I think it's a great point, Dave, because, yes, the average fan could say, oh, well, we didn't get a chance to see the starters. We didn't get a chance to see Ritter and Bates and so on and so forth going down the road. But at the end of the day, these guys that are second, third, and fourth in the depth chart, they're practicing the exact same thing. They're getting preached the exact same thing from the coaching staff, and they are putting their spin on what that physicality is, what that new style of defense is on the field. DJ, it's we got a we got an interesting preseason perspective here. You're calling the games on TV. You're calling the games <laughs> on radio. You guys are both sitting up in the bird's eye view. What did you see in the game that stuck out? Well, Archer uh, knows like I do the bird's eye view from the the right end zone. But uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Miami, I, that's I mean, another discussion. I, mean, I watched watch half United. of the game like everybody else did from the monitor in our booth. <laughs> but uh, uh, I think physicality was a good word that Arch uh, mentioned. I thought the intensity was there. I thought they matched. The thing that I, I enjoyed watching the most was watching how they practice those two days like ours talked about, and then that transfer over to when the lights came on. Mm-hmm. And I think for a lot of people, that's what matters because we can see guys who can go into practice and they can play well, they look great, and it's different when you get out there and you play in a game and coach is not behind you or you don't get to do that rep again and you saw guys actually execute what happened in practice. Arch talked about mauling them. 
up front. Well, guess what? You got in the ball game and you saw both sides of the line of scrimmage change for the Falcons in the run game and then on the other side where you got five sacks where they're getting after guys and just being dominant in that fashion. I thought, you know, a guy like Logan Woodside who coming into that ball game knew this was his opportunity to show this Falcon staff why he should be the third quarterback mm-hmm. or be kept on his ball club. And that's a lot of pressure. Trust me, as a guy who's been there before, knowing that, hey, this is my opportunity to show them why I belong. And there were a couple opportunities in the game, just for example, where they had shot plays called and he checked it down mm-hmm. or he threw the ball away or he didn't throw it into coverage. Those are like small things that they look at and say, okay, this is a guy who in this moment could be trying to show off, hey, I want to make the big play. Yeah. I want to go and do the extra. But – Woodside, along a bunch of other guys, did their job. And I think that's what's most important when you go back and you watch this game is you got a bunch of guys who had an opportunity and they seized that from practice. And then when the lights came on on Friday night, they showed it. All the excitement leading up to this season with this team. And to your point, DJ, it's Logan Woodside basically gets told by the coaching staff, um, young fella, you're going to get this entire game. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> we're not, we, don't, we don't plan on rolling anybody else out here. And he did a, an admirable, admirable job. Dave, he singled out Logan Woodside. Is there another player or maybe a position group or two players that stuck out to you with their performance in the game? Yeah, I thought the two linebackers that played, uh, Tay Davis um, and uh, Nathan, Nathan Lambin, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I thought they got after it. In yeah. fact, they got after it so well that you saw a transaction midweek. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Michael Walker, who had over 100 tackles on this team, had a pick six last year, was an excellent player for this team. Uh, the Falcons did him a solid because necessarily he didn't necessarily fit into what they wanted to do. And he got an opportunity, and I think almost immediately signed with the Bears. Mm-hmm. So he gets another opportunity someplace else, which I think that was something in the Falcons' mind is they want to take care of him over his three years of service here. He did a pretty good job. But that tells you where those guys are. Uh, and Tay laid the wood on some guys in pre in, in special teams mm-hmm. and, and and defensively. So you like where that is his aggressiveness. Landman's a guy that just seems to be around the ball all the time. And again, we're not talking about Troy Anderson yet. We're not talking about you know Cade Nellis mm-hmm. yet. Yep. Those guys will get their sniff this weekend. Yep. But those are the guys that are going to probably rotate in at some point in the game. Man, you feel pretty good about that you know, what that might look like in a regular season. So often, you hear the coaches talk about it this time of the year, so often, you're going to make this team by your play on special teams, number one. And I've heard Arthur, Arthur Smith say this a few times. We're trying to find guys to see if they can go out and pl- uh, make plays, but guys that we can trust if we get into a pinch, right? Let's just say, God forbid, Caden Ellis end up getting hurt down the road. Is it a guy like Davis that can come in, Landman that can come in, and he can fill that role for two, three, four weeks? Mm-hmm. They're looking for, like, spurts. They're looking for flashes. They're looking for the consistency in the meeting room. When I ask him questions, does he know what he's supposed to do on every single adjustment, every single call? These are the trust factors that you start building up right now in the preseason that maybe ends up carrying out a little bit further on in, in the regular season. And, you know, we should mention Godwin Egwabuke. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he, yeah. He's got something. This is a dude, and I talked to him post postgame uh, on the radio. Um, he made no bones about it. I was on my couch two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, and so he gets an opportunity to carry the rock. And I thought, I thought Carlos Washington did a good job carrying the ball as well. Caught the ball in the backfield extremely well. But Iguabuque, his, his, he's got a little shoulder move, dead leg move that completely had the Dolphins off, off schedule. Yeah. And then you can't go very much further without mentioning – 
you know, the guys on that side of the ball that were coming off the ball. J- uh, Jalen Mayfield was phenomenal. He came off the ball and mauled people on that right side. So did Kyle Hinton, mm-hmm. Ryan Newsel. That right side, center to the right side of the offensive line, they annihilated Miami in the run game. I mean, Iguabuke had, what, 70 yards rushing on 13 carries, had that nice little cutback run because they got the seal on the backside in the wide zone. They blew him off the ball, and he was able to cut back and score. So give him a ton of credit for running the rock and maybe producing one of those opportunities you're talking about because they let him return a kickoff after that. And so he might be able to contribute there. But, you know, there's a couple other guys that deserve some mention. Saw him come down and have a play on – might have been punt return month one time. Okay. Pushing a guy out of bounds. I mean, just – the multiple ways that he was trying to make this team or doing some of the things that probably nobody even expected him to do in that ball game. Yeah. And Arch brings up the touchdown, great seal by Henry. He just talked about it. Guys up front making those plays, tight end, wrapping around on the inside, making, you know, a good block to seal it and nice cutback vision there. I mean, it was a outside stretch zone, and he cut it all the way back because he sees the vision. I mean, that's that's something you just you got to have. Uh, like you said, been on the couch for two weeks and then come back and maybe able to have that kind of production. That's exactly what you want to see. Yeah, and especially knowing the position group that he's in, right? Drafted a running back a year ago. Drafted one in the first round this year. Going to be a difficult position to make, but if you understand, okay, I don't necessarily have to be the number two, the number three. Maybe I start on practice squad, and maybe that's where I make my living until my opportunity presents itself. Maybe I get elevated because I'm such a good special teams player, because they're looking for those type of guys. Uh, And I think it was good that you mentioned Mayfield. Basically, out of football with an injury a year ago, Arthur Smith has been very open and honest. We are looking for that third swing tackle. There is a room in the league for somebody that can Mm -hmm. play both sides, so they're giving him every opportunity. He did his good job by going out and taking care of business on the field in the first game. Now you got to do it in the second and the third game as well. well. And to lead uh, and to go ahead and lead into this week. I mean, he's playing left tackle this week. Yeah. Okay, so he had played right tackle last week uh and was outstanding. So he's being given an opportunity to do exactly what you're talking about, Rack, is to be that swing guy and, and slip flip to the left side. He played all week this week in practice. And I would assume it would pick up in the game as well against Cincinnati and play that left side. Uh, before we move on after this, DJ, I want to throw three guys' names out from their performance last week, and you pick one that you want to expand on. doesn't have to be very long, but I'm going to say DeMarco Hellams, D. Alford, Breon Borders. Any of those three guys stick out to you with what they did that you want to expand on? I mean, those are three co- good calls, and I think all three of those guys play really good football. I, I just start with the, with the rookie. I mean, I thought Hellams was around the ball. I thought he was a thumper. I thought he was in position. Um, obviously, the – the, the interception was huge. Flowers peels back in and deflects the ball, and he's, you know, Johnny on the spot for it. But he was around the football, had a couple hard hits, and that's what you want from a rookie. It's not flying. It's not, you know, really too fast for him. And, you know, I heard him talking to Arch after the game, and he just talked about, I just love being back on the field doing something that I love. Yeah. And that's the kind of player you want, especially on the defense side of the ball that you expect a lot of. You draft him. Great pedigree coming from Alabama, played a lot of football there. But to see it translate over into a ball game and watch what he did inside that ball game, I thought was phenomenal for a first uh, a first appearance. Arthur Smith has said it many a times when they were talking about DeMarco Hellams. You turn on the tape at Alabama, he's just always around the football, mm-hmm. yeah. right? So that's yeah. a guy that's that's always trying to f- make his presence felt, and he did that in the first preseason game. Now, speaking of preseason game, let's fast forward and talk about this week. Enough about Miami. Let's move forward to Cincinnati. I think the exciting things for a lot of people here, Arch, is it's going to be a chance to see the starters. How long? Don't know. But they're going to do their best to try to get everybody in the game. Maybe it's a drive. 
maybe it's two or three series, but what, from your analyst perspective and being around this organization, what are you expecting to see out of some of these starters this week? Well, I'm expecting to see them all. Um, now, the only guy that you might pump the brakes on is Kyle Pitts. Mm -hmm. Whether Kyle plays in this game, we'll have to wait and see. Kyle's been a full participant in practice, as we all know. He participated down in Miami in practice, so he is getting some snaps. Calais Campbell would be another guy that might be maybe uh, a little bit of a, a you hold off until we get to the regular season kind of guy. Um, everybody wants to see Bijan uh, Robinson on the field. Mm -hmm. I mean, and see what he can do in the multifaceted. How'd you say it? How'd you say it? Bijan Robinson. Bijan. That's what so his mom. Right? That's what his mom said. <laughs> I asked him yesterday. I, said, I was out here and I said, hey, I called you Bijan for the last three years doing Big 12 radio. Right, right. What do you want to be called? He says, that's what I say, Bijan. I said, what's your mom saying? He says, Bijan. I said, that's Bajan. what you're going to be called, <laughs> Bijan Robinson. So um, I, I think that everybody's excited about it. I'm, I'm excited about the, uh, the number one offensive line. Sure, you want to see Desmond Ritter, but I want, to, I want to see the number one offensive line with what looks like going to be Bergeron because of Hennessy still banged up. It looks like Bergeron now is probably a couple steps closer to securing that opening day job. Uh, you don't. You're not supposed to lose your job when you're injured, but in this case, it could. That, that could be the way it goes down. So, um, I'm excited to see him get on the field. He's looked really good in practice. He's physical, uh, just like what they want. So, I think those are probably a couple things I'm looking at on the offensive side of the ball. DJ, it, preseason is tough because, like, these guys are going to get. Like I said, one one starter might get one drive, right? And that one drive could be a three and out. So it's going to be tough to gauge it, but. If you're looking at this from an offense perspective, obviously former quarterback, let's just say you get two or three series, right? To me, it's you go into this preseason game and you're looking to be efficient, you want to move the ball, and you want to make the right decision, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't necessarily have to go in there and make the splash play. You don't have to throw the 60-yard bomb the first time, but they want to see can you operate this offense and can we just methodically move it down the field a little bit? And I think that's the number one thing is execution from the huddle all the way into the end of the play. And I think that's what matters the most is it, sometimes uh, when you think about a quarterback, you think about the offense, everything's run through that guy. But if the execution part of it is there, say a guy drops a ball or, you know, a, a guy's not in the right spot, but if, you know, the other guys are doing this supposed to, I think you can find some, some positives in it. And I think for this offense with Ritter coming in, everybody expecting want to see all the different weapons that you have that can add to it. The execution, I think, and the operation, like you just mentioned, is the biggest part of this offense they want to see. You want to say you want to move the ball, yeah. You want to make the routine plays. Hey, you got an off corner. You got a hitch out there. Let's hit that hitch. Let's get six, seven yards. Let's move on to the next play and go to second down. You got a check call. You got an audible in it. Hey, let's make sure we're making the right decision. Safety comes down right. Let's make sure, hey, we're going away from that. Just the little small things that maybe a fan wouldn't notice, but when Arthur Smith turns on the tape, he says, okay, this guy knows exactly where he wants to go. He is seeing the field the right way. And that goes for all other 10 guys on the field with him being able to become that one group where you've seen it in practice, but similar we said in Miami, let's see this group go out and do it in a ball game and look cohesive doing it. Can you play fast, but can you play under control, right? There's a difference there. Because you can get some people that are going to go out, they're going to be so amped up, they're going to be helter-skelter, and it might be – maybe it's maybe it's Bajan gets his <laughs> first carry, and he's so hyped up he misses a cutback lane, right? Because he just wants to go so fast downhill. It's how can you play fast but stay under control? Arch, I'm going to throw this one to you. I'm going to ask you – it's the second preseason game of three, okay? 
but are there still some answers that you think need to be some questions that you feel like need to be answered in this game to, to help Atlanta get closer to Carolina? Well, it's, it's certainly it's an ancillary piece to what you guys were just talking about in execution and working efficiently and doing the things that we see in the practice field. Does it translate, as Shock said, when the lights come on? So some of that has to do with personnel decisions mm -hmm. because there's a versatility on this roster that I think is going to be a little different than you're going to see anywhere else. Bijan Robinson and Cordero Patterson give you a flexibility in the running back slash wide receiver room to where that might look a little different than most teams. That's why Godwin Igabuke's uh, performance may not go for not. Mm -hmm. He may still be on this roster because maybe you keep more running backs because two of them can play wide receiver right, for you. Right. And they will play receiver in this in this system. So for me, answers as to is there, you know, we need to see Scotty Miller step forward. Is it Matthew Sexton steps forward at the receiver core position? Uh, people that Dez is comfortable with. Those guys, how does that, how does it, and, and then as you begin to ma massage the numbers, how, do, how does it look? Because yeah. I think this is going to be a very different roster than, than maybe most people's rosters would look like. Okay, we've got 10 linemen, we've got seven receivers, we've got four backs. That might not necessarily be the way this thing works right. because of the versatility we talked about. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Robinson, Patterson. Kyle Pitts is in that same discussion. Sure. I mean, drafted as a tight end, but he very well might be a wide receiver in For this sure. mix when you look look at what he's actually going to produce, whether he has his, his hands in the dirt or he's or he's lined up flexed out being as a wide receiver. So yeah, the the we're not going to see it in the preseason game, but the the type of packages that you could see, like like a defense might say it's 12 personnel trying to get their right defense on the field because they see two tight ends. But they might there might not be one tight end with their hand on the ground. Right. Or they might have two or three backs in the game. So a defense has to load it up with three or four linebackers, but then these guys are all split out. So that's the creativity that Arthur Smith has because of all this versatility that's brought in from a playmaking perspective here in, a, in the preseason and the offseason. We'll get a chance to see it uh, again, maybe not in the preseason, but once we get into the one regular thing, season. Rack, real quickly, yeah. one thing that we saw from tape last weekend, and it didn't matter which group was in, and we saw a little bit of it in the, in the regular season or in the, this first preseason game, is the defense is still trying to adjust in the back end. There were, a, there were a number of plays that they were not in the right place in practice. So some blown coverages cost them in some seven-on-seven -seven sessions or some team sessions where guys were clean because we had a switch or we were playing in and out on somebody, and next thing you know, the guy going out didn't get covered, and two guys ran to the inside. So there's still some growing pains going on with this defense. Yes, the physicality's there. Uh, I think the stoutness is there, but now working through the intricacies, intricacies of the backside that mirrors what's happening on front. We can't have a guy Scott clean and easy, quick throw that diminishes what the pass rush looks like. You're going to need to see that, and you're also going to need to tackle better. This this team did not tackle very well. Now, again, different guys are going to be on the field, certainly early on. How much better do we tackle? Those are some things they're going to need to prove on. Everything's not just – coming up roses it's it's going in the right direction but they still have a lot of things to accomplish in these last two games of the preseason prior to playing carolina to to, to give an example of what arch just mentioned ryan nielsen spoke yesterday and for as good as the falcons defense looked having four fourth turnover five sacks all that kind of stuff that looked good ryan nielsen still said that was not the standard mm -hmm. the standard is still out there mm -hmm. and what arch just mentioned was 
when they turn on the tape or they see certain things, there's still so many different areas that they can get better at. There's so many different things that they can improve on. So, yeah, that looked good, but there's probably eight, nine, ten other plays that were out there that they can continue to get better at. So there's always things that you can work on within yourself and everything looks good. Yeah, you want those good things to happen now because if you come out of that ball game and get no turnovers, no sacks, and everybody's still asking questions now, this is something to build on. But you love to hear that he say, you know what, the standard's still out there. We're still in search of it. And we're going into our second preseason game still looking to amplify that. Heard Grady Jarrett talk about it. Hey, I'm glad to see those guys get out there. But guess what? We want to take it to a new level when we get out there. So there is always more that even the guys on the inside are looking to do better as much as, you know, you watch the tape and say, man, that looked like a good showing. Yeah. But there's so much more that they say, all right, we can we can continue to rise that raise that bar a little bit more. And in all fairness, in the first preseason game, they're not going to be at their standard. Yeah. And I would ask you guys this question. Will they ever be at the standard? No. You know from what I'm saying? Standpoint. Yeah, like I, I guess maybe they're playing the style reason. of football yeah. that they want to play, but is a coach ever going to be like, yeah, that's us. That's the standard. <laughs> I mean, maybe they do, but they always want to push the envelope a little bit more. Sure. That was closer to what we're looking for, but I think we can do this faster. Yeah. I think you can get your hands on him a little bit more on the line of scrimmage, right? Because we're always looking for perfection in this business. Everybody's great. So you got to be great with your fundamentals and mechanics. So I understand what he's talking about and in in, in to play to the standard, but I'm also like, will they ever actually get to I, the standard? I, I think it's more the consistency part of it. Like, we talked about there's flashes of it. You can see it. But I think if we can see it happen more often than we do it not happen, you can start to get to that standard. You know what I mean? So, like, I think the consistency part of it is huge in the fact that he wants to see it happen more than it has happened, but I think there's still room where you can say, all right, there's still way too many busts. There's way too many yeah. MEs here. There's still a guy who didn't give maximum effort there. Yeah. But if we can consistently do it 80 90% of the time, that'll help our defense try to get to that standard. Dave, you mentioned one thing that I, I, that I kind of sp- – kind of sparked a thought in my head you said communication could still be better the talk in the back end and everything I just wonder again this is not taking anything away from the other defensive backs that were in there does it does it maybe improve or is there a sense of comfort when Jesse Bates gets in the backfield and the reason why I say that is because when I was playing like there was a different level you know this you guys both know this there was a different level of communication when Keon Carpenter was in the secondary mm-hmm. when he was playing for us because he was just kind of like the leader back there like he was always talking he's getting people set up in the right spot and if they weren't in the right spot he was going to let them know after the play and yes Jesse Bates is new to this organization but when you've been around the league you've played at a high level and you've been considered a leader there's just like that sense of comfort and calm with a guy like that. I don't. Maybe I'm signaling him out, Dave, but maybe it does get a little bit better if you get a couple series with a guy like Jesse Bates in the backfield. Yeah, field. I think that's fair to say. I think Richie Grant probably brings a similar similar uh, mode to it. You got a couple of guys that have played a lot of football over the last couple seasons. Um, there's no question about that. You get veteran players out there. That's going to be a little bit better. Guys that have worked together. Remember, this is this is a group that. Uh, is a little bit new, especially when you start talking about Flowers at corner or whether it's a Cuda at corner at some point. Yep. So two of the four guys in a base defense are different guys or new guys. So yep. it's a learning process that continues to happen. In watching some of what happened in Miami, it happened with Jesse on the field. So there's there's some things going on that they still have to work through, some checks they see, still need to get to. And, again, the thing we need to keep in mind, if, if you're a fan – 
is don't get too caught up in the game plan and all that kind of stuff for preseason. There's going to be some bust, some things, some conversation issues maybe in the back end. But once you get into the regular season, they're going to hone down what they do to mm-hmm. specifically fit the Carolina Panthers and then the next week and the next week on. And so that communication will transmit for four days in camp, and they'll have it honed down to what yep. they're doing. And so how they're going to adjust to a bunch look or how they're going to adjust to a five-wide look, all that stuff will be simplified and be ready by the time they step on the field on Sunday. I had a chance to talk to A.J. Terrell and Jeff Akuda during training camp, and I asked him that very question. And the first thing A.J. said was he smiled and he said, man, you know what? It's going to be so fun because I will get a chance to be more aggressive. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, the communication we've already started is there's times in practice where I've already said, hey, man, you got my back. Hey, I'm going to play a little bit more inside. Hey, I'm going to be more aggressive on this route if I see this. So that communication has already started. Akuda said the same thing. Having a veteran guy back there who understands everything that's going on around us gives us the opportunity to be more aggressive in our particular coverage or whatever we see up front so I I thought it was neat to hear them say that and people say oh that's just you know they only been going to training camp a couple weeks well you forget they had OTAs they've had yep. mini camp they've had all these times to you never know what they've done off you know away from practice yep. but they both mentioned having Jesse back there gives them more confidence to play their role Maybe we'll see a little bit of that against the Bengals. Obviously, kind of a a little bit of a special double doozy for him going Mm -hmm. against his former team. But maybe that'll play out a little bit more once we get into the regular season. Bajan talked about – we'll close with this. Bajan talked about um, his first home game in getting on the field, and he was talking about the excitement and everything. Arch, I want to ask you, do you do you, do you remember anything from a preseason home game or regular season home game that Arch really like stuck what? out to you <laughs> that you That's remember? Uh, I remember my – I started the first preseason game my second year. It was Steve Barkowski and I were here, and Bart was the veteran quarterback, and they had fashioned this idea that this young guy that had played one game the year before was going to challenge Bart for the starting job. Yeah. Um, I came in was as ready as I could be, but here's a guy that's as good a passer as I've ever seen to ever play the game yeah. um, is who I was going up against. But Bart was very reassuring and very comforting and taught me a lot of stuff. But I started the first game against Washington, and we had a little, we had a little quick game to start the game off with. And we had not – rubbed the balls up at all the oh. quarterbacks had gotten had gotten on the balls or anything like that oh, no. so this was one of those hot steamy nights in atlanta uh in early august Brian. i took a snap you know tried to keep my shoulders here but i got to get over here to throw this hitch out i got an off corner easy throw and as i come through the ball completely comes out of my head <laughs> and is rotating behind my head oh, back here man. and so i'm searching i scrambled i got back on the ball but uh, pretty good first opportunity to throw the ball in the guy that's challenging Bart for the starting job now so I ended up being on the field because Bart got hurt later on in the year but that was not that was a fairly auspicious beginning to what I thought was going to be maybe my chance to get out there and play quite a bit for those that don't know the the footballs when they come out of a plastic bag have this like nasty gloss on it to where if it hasn't been broken in or scrubbed or rubbed off like Good luck trying to throw a spiral, being oh. accurate. I mean, I know as a long snapper, as quarterbacks. But anyway, now they've got trainers, managers that work those balls in as soon as they come out yeah, of the this bag. This was the Charlie Brown version of pulling the ball away from Charlie <laughs> as he's getting ready to kick it. My throw, my just flail like this, and the ball's back here. Um, any balls sailing uh, out of your hand? Oh, absolutely. From, from absolutely. your memory? <laughs> First ever game, we're playing against the Patriots in the Georgia Dome, and 
it's like Brady on the other side. And I'm and I coming in the fourth quarter. And it was pretty cool because fans stayed around. Obviously, it was just probably Georgia fans are going to game. You hear people barking. Ours probably remembers the people barking coming in late in the fourth quarter. Nobody ever stays around for the fourth quarter, right? <laughs> and I come in. I'm still excited. I mean, this is the first quarter for me. And uh, similar to Arch, we got a nice. Easy throw on the first one, find you some easy. It was literally stick routes on the inside, hitches on the outside, like day one install, day one throws. <laughs> I'm juiced. Yeah. I'm talking about I'm talking about gassed up. I hear people bargain, people I I come in the huddle, everybody's excited, hype. Oh, I got an off corner, eight feet above the guy's head. I completely arrow melted. So I get over that. And uh, I, it actually ends pretty cool. Uh, we have to go down last series to go win the ball game. Uh, I throw a sluggo, uh, which is a slant and go to my man Kevin Youngblood. Yeah, oh, yeah. And uh, we end up uh, beating the Patriots in first ever game. Everybody's hype coming up to me, patting me on my back. And this is, you know, my rookie year. And uh, I remember coming off the field, walking off with Mike. Mike's like, not bad, Rook. Not bad, Rook. So uh, it was a it was a huge highlight for sure. Meanwhile, that, uh, there was somebody in the front row that still had a dent inside <laughs> no of their head. No doubt. <laughs> that ball that was airmailed over. Uh, you know, the, the the great part about this job is you get you know you can flush that stuff and you can go down. And you make those big plays. The bad part about this job is no matter how good you play, you still got to come into the meeting room yeah. and you got to watch that ball That's slip out of your hand. You got to watch the airmail. <laughs> I'm like, oh, can we just get to the? <laughs> Yeah. To the to second drive. <laughs> so hopefully this week we don't see any yeah. balls slip out of Desmond Ritter's hands uh-huh. or no airmails over eight feet over the yeah, top yeah, yeah, yeah. of the wide receivers. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for the Falcons Audible presented by AT&T. Again, Falcons back in action at home this week against the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. These we, guys, you, we, we forgot about Joe. What's going on? You got we, no. We out of time, dog. Wait, you, you, sure? you didn't snap it over somebody's head or yeah, anything. I mean, come no, on. don't talk about that. That's <laughs> like bad yeah. karma. Yeah, we can't let you leave without well, you're you. Not, come well, on, you playing right, this real weekend? Quick, real yeah. quick, uh, this will not be a home game. But you kind of when you mentioned Tom Brady and stuff, my very first game, Arch, you remember this was we played the American Bowl against the Dallas Cowboys in Tokyo, Japan. Mm. My very first game as an NFL player, I get on a flight for 16 hours to go to Japan. Had never been out of the country, right? So we land. You know, you're jet lagged, all this other stuff. You're only there for like four days. Right. First event you go to is like a meet and greet, right? You're supposed to put on something nice. So I come downstairs. We go into this big ballroom. The first four people that I see when I walk in this room, Jerry Jones, oh. Troy Aikman, oh. Michael Irvin, and Emmett Smith. Oh, man. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, I'm, I'm about to play against these guys? <laughs> like, I've been watching them and idolizing them my entire career, and I literally walk next to all three of these guys Dang. that are, you know, going to be Hall of Famers. Yeah, yeah. And that was my first taste of NFL preseason action. Granted, mm. it wasn't at home, but you want to talk about a wake up and smell the coffee and kind of like a maybe you've made it a little bit moment. Right. You have arrived. <laughs> that you have was, arrived. That was my first my first preseason game against what they call America's team and all those stars. That was uh, that was a pretty cool one. You had that. He's got the 85 bear. I mean, come on, man. Right? I mean, right? We got a little bit of everything. And then you're just throwing sluggos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for touchdown. There you go. There you go. <laughs> That's going to do it for the Falcons. Can we close now? You got yes. it, bro. You, you got, got it. it. Yeah. Okay. Just, you know. Falcons Audible presented by AT&T. As we mentioned, Falcons <laughs> at home this week in the Mercedes Benz playing the Cincinnati Bengals. Get a chance to see some starters this week. And hopefully, if we did our job, we'll be back here to talk about that game Your next turn. week. Hope you enjoyed it, everybody. Continue to pull us up on however you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, review, all of those fun things that you do. Thanks so much for joining us, everyone. Take care.